Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey. And a bonus buddy. Tyler's I'm, back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> we invited Tyler back for a fantastic movie night of Nick Cage. Yeah, and to be fair, this was all Tyler's idea, so he gets to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. With it being Nick Cage, I thought... We have to just do a special episode and go to it, watch it, and see what it is because he is a quintessential bad, great movie guy. Yeah, exactly. And we've chosen a lot of his movies on the podcast and before the podcast. So there's a few that we watched before who, that are exceptional, exceptional bad movies. But then Face Off was like a huge favorite yeah. uh, of the podcast. That was terrible. Even though it's good, it's good and bad. And I, and yeah, I hope that that's so what bad. this is like. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this, this new one is. Um, some of the best movies that we've seen in the last couple of years have been Nick Cage movies. Mm -hmm. Like Pig. Pig was mm -hmm. literally fantastic. <laughs> Pig was surprisingly so good. And yes. like, every time somebody described it to me, I was like, what? It's like John Wick if he had no skills. Yeah. Because like, his skills are cooking, <laughs> but his skills aren't fighting. His fights <laughs> with his food. He fights with his food. He does. And <laughs> but he can take a punch. He can take a punch. Yeah, but he can't give a punch. Mm -hmm. I guess he doesn't even want to, really. But the trailer for that movie, before going into it, it made it seem like he was going to, like, assassinate everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, he was going to go on a John Wick-style rampage. And then he didn't. Like, the whole movie is just him cooking food. <laughs> <laughs> he even has, like, the whole, like, get the team together and, like, you know, get, get ready for the final fight. But it's literally a baker <laughs> that teaches him how to like bake like one of her famous baked goods. Yeah. Like that was his getting ready for the final fight. So I was thinking about this. What movie do you most associate Nick Cage with? Like as soon as they say his name, what do you think? So it's hard because of, we grew up during the National Treasure mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. which was a post Nick Cage era project. So like I think of him, but I think... I think now I probably think of like Gone in 60 Seconds or Wicker Man. It's probably the immediate thought. I mean, so my immediate thought would probably be Con Air and Face Off. Like that is like the quintessential to me, Nick Cage. And the, but he's gone through a lot of phases because like you said, Na National Treasure was a whole different type of Nick Cage. And he toned it down a little bit. Not a lot, but like he, he wasn't the same as Con Air or Face Off. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, I always think of The Rock. Which is the oh, same yeah, air yeah. Mm -hmm. as uh, um, Con Air. Um, and I feel like Con Air is on TV all the time now. Yeah. Every mm -hmm. time I turn it on, it's like, why is Con Air on? <laughs> because Nick Cage yeah. is a national treasure. <laughs> have you seen Con Air? No. Oh, oh you so. have? Oh, that's one we need to Yeah, we have to watch that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. we had talked about that not that long ago. And he has long Nick, Nick Cage hair in that one. Mm -hmm. That's one of his long Oof. hair movies. There's also, there's a lot of other ones we haven't seen that are supposed to be great. Like, I've never seen Raising Arizona. I've seen that. That's good. That's supposed to be great. Um, Matchstick Men is supposed to be great. I have seen that, but not in a long time. That's supposed to be really great. Lords of War um, or Lord of War, one of the two. I haven't watched a lot of his good ones. I've watched a lot of his bad ones, and that's the thing. <laughs> and then he went through this whole stint of the pandemic of releasing a ton of movies that were like made for like DVD movie type movies. I don't think when they were made that that was their intention. I think that it was like, we're not going to waste the money on trying to put this in a theater. We will just go straight to streaming. Yeah. But he made a lot, like yeah. a ton. <laughs> uh, it was weird. Like the color, um, color out of space. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? That we did an episode on 
that released randomly during the pandemic. And then he did uh, Wally's Wonderland or whatever, mm -hmm. which is like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. um, he did a ton, but I read an article that the reason he did so many of these is because he was in debt and he paid off all of his debt by taking basically every role ever offered to him. <laughs> so now he's like living the high life because now Nick Cage is back, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just focusing on good roles that he likes. Right. But so. is he back? Because we're about to go see this movie. And I went to go, like, look at the seat options to make sure that, like, we could get our seats together and saw if they, they have put it in the smallest theater of the, of the theater. Well, it could be just the time of day that we're going. We're going a little early in no, the day. No, like, they, they keep the same theater for a movie all day. Is anything big out right now that could be taking up space? I mean, Sonic 2, I think, is, like, not <laughs> big, honestly, I think that's, the, like, the big blockbuster I mean, right now. Uh, the Bad Guys, which is the new animated film, it, it, has, it has, like, a shit ton of time slots right now. It also now. has um, really good reviews, <laughs> yeah. surprisingly. Mm -hmm. um, but also Harry Potter, the oh, new yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. I think Harry Potter's moved to one of the small theaters, too. I don't think it's performing very well. I think it's still performing fine, but it has terrible reviews. I'm mm. going to see which theater it's in right now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sonic 2, though. We saw Sonic 1. Not that great. But I read that Sonic 2 is actually a lot better. Mm -hmm. So I might actually go back yeah. and see it. Beth in the background is here again. And she brought up that the Northmen is out, which is true. The Northmen is probably the biggest thing right now. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about like a good movie. I don't think that movie is going to make a lot of money. Not necessarily like a blockbuster type movie. Uh, yeah, Dumbledore's in a tiny theater too that's so weird can you imagine spending that much money <laughs> they spent probably over a hundred million dollars on that movie yeah to be fair though they're like on their third or fourth week of running. yeah 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 so that's true and unbearable talents on its second week yeah so maybe it was in a bigger theater week one i'm sure it was sure we'll sure. see we'll i think assume. it probably got its one week in imax in imax dumbledore oh i thought you meant the nick cage movie. no <laughs> <laughs> That'd be worth it. <laughs> I would hate to see an IMAX. I was like, I don't think this is an IMAX type of movie. <laughs> IMAX 3D. <laughs> Dear Lord, but can we talk about how expensive the tickets have gotten? Like, for the four of us, it was, like, over $65. Goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're going at 5 o'clock. Yeah. I, mean, I guess, is that <laughs> no. it's it's not a matinee? matinee. No, no. I think that's, like, right the cutoff of matinee. But even matinee is expensive now. Mm -hmm. And they used to have deals before the pandemic where, like, you go a certain day and it's, like, maybe they, they still do, have. I think they do still have the Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Or it's half off. Yeah. Um, I mean, that still. might be the way we have to see movies going forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read, though, that MoviePass 2.0 is supposed to be coming. So. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Let's see how that works. I can't imagine that it's going to be anything like it was before if it even comes out. Oh, God. So before we start on this getting ready for this movie. Yep. Uh, I got caught up on your episodes today. Uh, you released the one on mystery men and push. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> I just had to say before Sean paired those movies, he texted Reed and I to try to figure out what he should pair mystery men for. And when he said that, I assumed mystery men was going to be the bad movie. No, I love movie. it, but I was like, in no way is that a good movie. <laughs> Agreed. And I was like, Ashley is going to hate it. And That's she did. True. She did. She did hate it. Um, you know, <laughs> I think it is not bad enough to be a bad movie. Uh. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Like, 
I mean, it's it's the one I remember going to movie gallery and getting multiple times. So I, I do like it too, but it was definitely like a, a one dollar rental. That I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I don't know. It, in the slew of Ben Stiller movies, it's not his worst. It's somewhere in the middle, and maybe even the higher middle. What's his worst? I honestly, so let me think. Zoolander two. What was the breakup movie? <laughs> you haven't seen it, so who knows? <laughs> see, break, what was that breakup movie that he was in? Like. It was supposed to be really good, and it was terrible. Um, he was in a lot, so he was in Along Came Polly. Um, yeah. That one was actually decent. That's uh, good. With Jennifer no, Aniston. I'm, I'm he was to... in Duplex with um, Drew Barrymore. That one was also decent. The, this one was, was released our freshman year, and the reason I remember that is I remember they were doing like promotions of it, and they uh-huh. were giving out condoms with the name of the movie to promote <laughs> the movie. That's funny. And I don't know. There's a Ben Stiller movie, though? Yeah. Huh. I can't even think. I don't know what it would be. I mean, he's been in so many movies. Um, one of the low-rated ones was Secret Life of Walter Mitty or whatever. I actually didn't think that movie was very bad. Hmm. But it was like one of his lower-rated movies. I actually saw it on a list recently of underrated movies. Um, critics just did not like that movie, but I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was terrible. Heavyweights, though, is good. Uh, Meet the Parents for me is one of the weakest. I don't really like Meet the Parents. Meet the Parents is good, but once I got into Meet the Fockers and then whatever that last one was, uh-huh. I didn't even. I didn't. Even Are you talking pretend. about the Heartbreak? Case? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That had bad bad reviews. Didn't I literally it? have never heard of this. Yeah, it it was it had a big push. Well, maybe mm-hmm. it was just they were trying to get UT students to go to it, yeah. but <laughs> it did not uh, fare well. Yeah, I um I just didn't like any of those, and I think that at the very end when they got to like weren't there even like the kids of the Fockers or something like that? Like that was way too far. That's probably one of his worst things that he's made. But uh, Mr. Men, not one of the worst. I liked it. I liked Mr. Men. I liked Mr. Men. I liked uh, Zoolander. Don't know about Zoolander two because I haven't seen it. Um, you guys fuck yourself. <laughs> I think you mean go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, dad. <laughs> Such a dad joke. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, sorry about the pairing. But Push was really bad. And honestly, you know, I had a lot of options. Uh, Tyler gave me some options. Reed gave me some options. I had my own options because I was almost, I was really sold on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's so good though. Like the, fir- the first one is like a legit good movie. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen and it? And like the third one is not good. Oh yeah, the third one, but it's like almost boring. Like yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like watching it. They go back in time or whatever. I don't know, but I almost chose that and I thought that would actually be worse for Ashley because I think that Ashley would hate the, Looking at them, yes. The live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles, even worse than watching anything else. Mm. Probably. But I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of options there. And Push, I think, was legitimately funny to watch. It was real bad. So. Yeah, it's, it sounded like it from the episode. I'm probably never going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, don't I'll, 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 I'll watch some of these bad movies that you guys talk about. <laughs> that one, just hearing it, is like, I don't think I want to suffer through that. It's a little too long yeah. to, uh, too for long. such a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But... They took themselves way too seriously with it, too. Yeah, because they thought it was like a new trilogy. They thought right. it was a new series of right. movies. Uh, and then everybody's going to like be so enraptured by the movers and the pushers and the <laughs> that everybody would like... What is, they, I think in his mind, the director of uh, Snow Patrol <laughs> music video, I think in that man's mind... Uh, what was his name? Like McGann or something like that? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I think in his mind, he was creating like the new Harry Potter... And people are going to walk around being like, I'm a mover. What are you? A oh. pusher? Like, 
God, it was going to be like houses, you know, like I think in his (laughs) mind, that's what it was going to be like. (laughs) And divergent, I think is like kind of close to that, Mm -hmm. like the different types of divergent people and or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> or non-divergent, right? Because you have to fit in a thing and she's divergent because she doesn't fit into one of the groups. Right. Right. I think he thought he was going to do that and he didn't even hit that mark, which mm-hmm. is already a mile below Harry Potter. So. A couple miles below yeah. Harry So he, like, he was like on the ground on how well he could have done with this. <laughs> so do we have any drinking rules for going in to see this movie? Well, let's first talk about what the movie is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I have the synopsis pulled up. So, again, I love the title of the film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I think it's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the synopsis is Nicolas Cage stars as Nick Cage. In the action comedy, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, creatively unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, the fictionalized version of Cage must accept a $1 million offer to attend the birthday of a dangerous superfan, played by Pedro Pascal. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when Cage is recruited by a CIA operative, Tiffany Haddish, and forced to live up to his own legend, channeling his most iconic and beloved on-screen characters in order to save himself and his loved ones. With a career built for this very moment, the award-winning actor must take on the role of a lifetime, Nick Cage. <laughs> Fantastic. Also, Pedro Pascal, I brought this up. That man has been getting all the roles. He yeah. is like blown up. He's in all the big things right now. Right. We just watched the Bubble Judd Apatel's new movie. Yeah, it was, was pretty good. Yeah. He was in that. Um, weird character in that one for him because yeah. he was playing kind of like a dropout, like stoner almost. Mm-hmm. But uh, that movie wasn't bad. Did you ever see The Bubble or hear no. about it? Uh, it's Judd Apatel's movie about trying to make a um, an action flick during the pandemic, like at the oh, beginning of the yeah, pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, I did see. It, it was actually a lot better than I anticipated it being. Hmm. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key is in it, and um, Karen... Karen Gilligan? Gillian? Gillian, Gillian, yeah. She's in it. She's like the main character. Mm. Uh, a lot of famous people are in it, though, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty good. It's kind of like... It's not like his best movie by far, but he also made it, I'm assuming, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's about a group of people who make this, like, eight-part... You know, like, one of those action films that just never ends. Like, Sharknado-level, <laughs> like, action film. And so they got famous for that off the first couple, and now they're on, like, the eighth installment. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they come back, and they're filming this in the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it's like... I will say their daughter... Uh, it has Leslie Mann, John Apatow's wife, but their daughter, Maude Apatow, is also in it, and she's, like, one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see her getting to show off her stuff. Yeah, I looked her up. She was actually in a few other movies. Yeah. Um, she was in... Like a, I can't remember what's the one about getting pregnant that Judd Apatow did. Knocked up. Yeah, knocked up. Yeah, and I then think. this is forty. Yeah, she played their daughter. She's yeah. On what? She's on Euphoria. Oh, she's oh. on Euphoria. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that makes sense. I thought you were saying she's only 40. And I'm like, I, I, was like, she's the I was like, she looked like she was about eighteen. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you were saying, Tyler, that you found Nick Cage drinking rules, right? Yeah, as I was like, I mean, owner, there even is drinking rules for this. And so I Googled it, and then there was like a Reddit, and then other things that have popped up which have these same rules, mm-hmm. which I guess in every Nick Cage movie, he has some stuff that he does every time. Like we were talking about shouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so this one, um, it's from Den of Geek, which was published in 2008. Huh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the rules are take one drink when Nick Cage shouts, Nick Cage punches someone, Nick Cage points with his entire arm, 
Nicolas Cage makes an Elvis re- reference or he drinks a martini. I didn't notice a martini thing before, but I'll have to pay attention to that. Yeah. The, there's take two drinks when Nick Cage has implausible facial hair. <laughs> okay, only the first time you see it. Nick Cage drinks something from a martini glass that isn't a martini. Nick Cage displays some kind of facial tick, and you suspect Nick Cage has been allowed to supply his own wardrobe for the character. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one was, there are multiple Nick Cages on screen at once. I love the pointing with his whole arm. That is such a great Nick Cage attribute. Well, also punching someone. (laughs) Punching someone. He punches people surprisingly often in his movies. If you're a woman, there's no... You're not safe either. So there are two more rules. And this is like drink everything if he goes on fire. <laughs> and then he said, and then there's give up alcohol forever if Nick Cage doesn't do anything of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really can't think. Like, Gone in 60 Seconds, the, in that, I feel like Nick Cage isn't as over the top as he in some other isn't. things. So it, that's a little weird um, thinking about that movie, but yeah, we recently just watched that, and I was like disappointed by how un Nick Cage Nick Cage was. Right, and I'd say the only other less Nick Cage role would be National Treasure because mm-hmm. he doesn't do a lot of his stuff in that either. But it's like Disney, and he can't be as like over the top because he's really vulgar normally when mm-hmm. he's being over the top, like in Face Off, like with the peaches and the Ugh. like. <laughs> Face Off uh, to me still is the craziest one. It's like who in their right mind is going to think that John Travolta and Nick Cage are the same person? <laughs> yeah. Even if they're changing their faces, they their builds are just not the same. Right. But that movie made me a huge John Travolta <laughs> fan. I now adore him because <laughs> I love him playing Nick Cage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty great, but uh, I can't think of too many things that he's been in that's, like, as great. Yeah, I mean, me, I mean, Grease. Well, okay, but, I mean, like... That's what I need to bring soon. (laughs) Oh, Tyler, you have to. You have to. You have to. But you don't gotta brag. (laughs) (laughs) Please explain. So, I was uh, Sonny Lottieri in the high school production of Grease in 2006. Uh, My solo part in... um, Tell me more was the, but you don't got to brag. Uh, and Beth makes me say it over and over again. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you whooped it out the, the other night for the first time. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, we have a thespian in our midst. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. It's so hard, you know. The one thing I think we have to add for this movie is we, of course, have to drink any time it references a Nick Cage movie. They're going to reference all. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because they said that his characters are, he's reprising Mm -hmm. his characters in this. Well, I think it was more like, you know, like thinking about his training from. Yeah, but I think he's going to literally, like, imitate himself in past roles. Is that your shot in the dark? Yeah, that's my, that's my shot in the dark. What's your shot in the dark? That he's going to reprise certain roles. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to talk in the voice. Like, the face-off voice is different than mm-hmm. in other movies. In face-off, he's a different level of, like, psychopathic. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's going to be that char- that that specific character. Like, I don't know how, but we'll see. Like Or, like, he's going to be his national treasure character in some way. Okay. I don't know. What's your shot in the dark, Ashley? Um... I hadn't thought about it, which is really bad. Do you have one so we're not sitting here? <laughs> um, yeah. So mine, sadly, is because of the type of movie it is. And I feel like this is a movie that's being made a lot right now mm-hmm. of where they know like they're gimmicky and 
Um, we just saw the movie. What movie did we just see? Uh, the, the, the Lost City. The Lost City. The Sandra Bullock. Well, the Sandra, the Sandra Bullock uh, one. Yeah. And it was good. It, it was <laughs> enjoyable, but it's, it's one of those movies like Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, it's being made a lot. And I feel like my shot in the dark with these movies somehow, one of these characters are, are going to die immediately. Like it's going to be a main person. And then you think, oh, they're a big thing. And then they just explode or something. Okay. So, but not, not Pedro Pascal or Nick Cage, but no. like one of the other main, like, like listed. Person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They just going to, they're just going to explode or they're going to die suddenly. In a lost city, Brad Pitt died. Yeah. Wow. Well, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> I didn't even think to see it. I did. It's just we had we have had a lot going on. The Is past it based six on weeks. a board game? There's a board game called Lost City. I don't think or so. Lost Cities. Mm, something no, like that. It's, she's like a book writer, right? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah mm. she's writing the book, The Lost City. Okay. And then it goes into mm-hmm. it. Uh I got in trouble one night. I think I didn't uh let Beth picked food or something, and so I was in the doghouse, and so, we, uh, so she got to pick the movie. It was a swingy way and got Chick Fil A for lunch without a. That is, that is exactly, that's exactly it. I, I couldn't remember what it was, but uh, I took Beth. I took Beth, I took Beth to get her car from the Volvo dealership, and on the way back, I was like, hmm, "I'm going to drive through Chick Fil A." During a work day, uh, and um, (laughs) Beth Beth comes back in, and she was like, she beat me home. It's like, how did you beat me home? I was like, oh, I just left Chick Fil A. She's like, did you? She said, did you get me anything? I was like, no. (laughs) So therefore, Beth got to pick the movie that we went to that night. Well, what's funny is that Ashley had even heard of this. I know. (laughs) This is the uh, Chick Fil A heard across the city. I knew it was the food, but I couldn't remember it. And then Ashley heard apparently. This is the exact type of situation that would happen in reverse with Ashley and I. There's no way I would stop by somewhere and not get Ashley something, but there is definitely a way. There's definitely a way that Ashley would stop somewhere and not get me something. That's only a little bit true. Uh, Okay, I know what my shot in the dark is. Okay. My shot in the dark is I think that there's going to be an actor cameo from, like, one of his big movies. Like John Travolta. Like John Travolta that comes and, like, plays themselves. Like, for a short cameo. So, like, one of his big... Co- I can't even think. So, who is... um? What's that dude's name? Is his partner in National Treasure? Uh, he doesn't He doesn't really have a big filmography, but I can find him. Mm. Justin Bartha. I don't know who that is. Mm. Yeah, so I guess he's not famous enough. So, John Travolta would be one. Who else could be... Who's another big Nick Cage? Angelina I mean, Jolie. Yeah. Diane Kruger was in the National Treasure series. Right, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Sean that. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Mm. Well... In The Rock. Is Sean Connery... Alive? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I thought he died during the pandemic. Did he not? Did he? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, Somebody died during the pandemic. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. Sean Connery. He did. He died October okay. 30th, 1st, 2020. Okay, oh. so if, he's, if he's in this, then we... That's a, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, could, I don't know when this movie was filmed. <laughs> that's true. I mean, um, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher was in Star Wars after she was dead, yeah. so... Uh, it's anything's possible, yep. but I mean, if, if, if Sean, Sean Connery is in this movie, we're taking three shots. <laughs> <to get back. laughs> yeah, that'll be our big, big shot in the dark. Yeah. Um, maybe we should take a shot just before the movie, just for, just for Sean Connery. <laughs> just for Sean Connery. Uh, R.I.P. Just from The Rock is what you what you mean, right? Yeah. In The Rock. Okay, um, but 
Yeah. Well, luckily our uh, theater sells alcohol, so we can get a drink to play our drinking game. Yeah, but our yeah. drinking game will probably have to be a one beer one because those those beers are like twenty bucks, and we're already, <laughs> we're already paying sixty dollars <laughs> to go to the movie. <laughs> That's true. This is why we needed to see this at the drive-in. Yeah. Because <laughs> the drive-in is twenty dollars a car, and you could bring all the liquor and drinks you want. Yeah. So yeah. if you're That's... drinking along or watching along with us, yeah. go do this at the drive-in. Yeah. But here's the thing that honestly is the best place to play drinking games to mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. uh it's just true. don't don't see horror movies there because you can barely see them yeah because they're um, always so dark at least at ours i'm sure at the one like the one did you ever go to the one outside of knoxville i did that one was great because it was like kind of rural a little bit so actually, there weren't a lot of lights actually that's the because that when i grew up i lived outside of knoxville mm-hmm. and we would go there and that's where i saw twister oh, and that's was cool. terrified oh, well. of that movie <laughs> and my best friend whenever i was in first grade got me that movie not mm-hmm. knowing that i was terrified of it right but i mean i mean it has the drive-in scene where it just gets blown yeah, yeah. away mm-hmm. and i'm watching it there that's hilarious uh, also traumatizing, but yeah. but also hilarious. <laughs> uh, that is like the perfect type of drive-in. Our drive-in is like still within city limits, and there are lights all around it, I like from know. the interstate and from businesses. So it's like I love our drive-in so much. I, I love like, it too, but it's I feel also like so straight sentimental from the about 50s. it. I do not want them to try to update mm. it. Like I want it to stay exactly how it is. No, me too. I just wish they could get rid of some of the lights. Or put up some barricade to keep the light out, but it's like impossible. You know, it's just like we've tried to see like we did see Halloween there, the new one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like anytime it's like in a dark hallway or like yeah, something yeah. pops out, you cannot see what is on screen. Not at all. You know, uh, kids movies. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Very bright. <laughs> Comedies. Also perfect to watch there. This would be fine to watch there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really excited. Me too. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. Bye. And we have just returned from seeing the massive, no wait, <laughs> <laughs> the massive weight of unbearable talent, <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent, <laughs> the massive talent of unbearable weight. <laughs> <laughs> they all work. <laughs> As the drinking rules. <laughs> the the title is very hard to remember. Yeah. I've struggled with it ever I, since. I just call it the Nick Cage movie, yeah. and that's probably what I will always call it. <laughs> well, if it isn't already like okay, it is the unbearable weight of massive talent. If it doesn't already have like the colon a Nick Cage movie, it should. Like it should have well, a subtitle. It, the poster just says Nicholas Nicholas Cage as Nick Cage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because then like uh, Tiffany Haddish had her like her one like where she was trying to like fool him line. She said, "Oh my God, Nicholas Cage!" And I was like, "Oh, interesting. We're going with Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. in this movie." I I always yeah. say Nicholas Cage for some reason. I know we do, <laughs> but um, I mean more recently I've said started to say Nick Cage, but I always said Nicholas Cage. I know. Well, I've always been like. Is it N I C K or is it N I C? And I just mm-hmm. think when I text, I'm like, uh, I don't know. What is I it? Know. It's N I C K, right? I think it's N I C because oh, really? he's Nicholas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so this movie reprises so many different aspects of his career. You get the old characters, old scenes, old lines, some setup. Even um, you, I mean, it was even in the trailer. You know that uh, Pedro Pascal's character. Uh, what was that? Javi. 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 
um, you know, is like a huge Nick Cage fan and has like a little like Nick Cage lair, like a man cave that is just like Nick Cage stuff. Mm-hmm. So for a Nick Cage fan, this is like a godsend movie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a good movie, in my opinion. I think that this is not a bad Nick Cage movie. And it's all self-aware. So when Nick Cage is acting like Nick Cage, it's not like Season of the Witch or something, right? It's right. it's all intentional. And it's written into the story. Right. I, I also think, had I never seen one Nicolas Cage movie, mm-hmm. I would have liked it. I think it was a good movie. I was surprised by it. I, was, I, I, I mean, like, I genuinely was laughing out loud at several things. And we all, everyone in this room knows how hard it is for me to enjoy a comedy. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's because it was kind of a buddy comedy, mm-hmm. but they didn't set it up that way necessarily. They did set it up that way to some extent, but I think it was like a perfect amalgam of kind of action movie, kind of comedy, a little bit of drama. Yeah. It was I a just, movie for everything that drew everybody in. <laughs> that's true. I love that Beth just sat down and reclined the chair. <laughs> but but it, <laughs> it, it sounded like someone using like one of those things that like you sit in to get you up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> oh, so my grandfather has that. Oh, uh, really? Stop. I didn't know people actually had it. What are well, they called? It's, it's chair lifts. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I can't but... but <laughs> My uh, niece and nephew got to ride when, when uh, Beth put on her story, like whenever your grandparents have rides. <laughs> <laughs> they're really expensive, though. Like my, my grandparents looked into one and they're like, we can't afford that because mm. they have to install the rail. Yeah. And like, uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, back to Nick Cage. What did you think about the movie, Ashley? I loved it. You know, like, I love a movie when it recognizes what it is. And this, throughout the entire thing, was like, this is silly. Mm -hmm. We know it's silly. Nick Cage is, like, one of those actors that, like, we have loved to make fun of. And it's so fun with him saying, like, I'm in on the joke. Right. (laughs) Well, he's the producer of this movie. Yeah. Right? I don't, I didn't, I saw who the director was. It wasn't Nick Cage, but Mm -hmm. I don't know who he is. Yeah, I was going to look him up. Y'all can take me talking. Yeah, I I guess look that up. Yeah, so something that you mentioned is that this movie definitely knows what it is. And it's, but it's not just fan service because yeah. there are huge Nick Cage fans that do love all of his movies. Like we are kind of Nick Cage fans, but you definitely, like Tyler said, don't have to be a Nick Cage fan to like this movie. It's, yeah. just, it's a good movie. Uh, it's funny regardless of whether you like Nick Cage or not. It's going to be even funnier if you recognize some of the Nick Cage stuff in it. The weird thing was, as campy as it was at times, mm-hmm. it was still enjoyable. Like that, and, and this is in the preview, so we're not spoiling anything. But that scene where they're jumping over the uh, the the wall, the wall, yeah. Mm-hmm. How they set that up, I laughed. Like I still yeah. thought it was funny, even though I had seen it in the trailer. I agree. Yeah, right. that was a hilarious scene, <laughs> right. especially and when they dropped like, him the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> the dropping was just like so good, and it's just like it was. That is a scene that is in like every yeah. type of movie in that exact situation. I could definitely see that in like a Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, but the way that they Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage had such good chemistry they that like it. I wanted yeah. them. I I was like I want them to be best friends for real. Like <laughs> I love them together. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, this was like the most likable I found. Him. I completely mm. agree. It's yeah. weird because like he's been in good roles. And I mean, he's played the villain in like Wonder Woman 1984. In, yeah. Is that what it's called? 1984? Yeah, you got it. Um, he played the villain in those things. And this one, he is 
kind of a villain as well, but he was so much more likable in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for sure. Like, even in the movies, he's not a villain, and he seems more likable in this. Right. I, I mean, the first thing that I know him from is Narcos. And even in Narcos, I was just like, you're like grating. Like you're like, you're not necessarily doing anything yeah. wrong, but like you're taking a lot of energy from me. Mm-hmm. Really? And this, yeah. And that's like, I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> Is that how you feel about like Benicio Del Toro too? Benicio Del Toro takes everything out of me. <laughs> I have not seen ever one thing where I'm not like, you are sucking the life out of my body. But he's always in like very serious movies. True. Like uh, Sicario. Uh, that was like such a like hard movie yeah it was great but it was, it was very so, good movie, yeah. so dark and so like uh grating what i love about this though is that they had a little seriousness to the plot even though it's like over the top and mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a nick cage movie right that, that's the whole meta element mm-hmm. of it is that he's going through essentially a nick cage movie as right. nick cage right but i thought that it was just like a good mix of comedy action drama and you got some moments. Nothing was like a tearjerker, but I wonder if you went into this like how you said, Tyler. Like even like if you've never seen a Nick Cage movie, would you as an audience member have been in on the joke of like understanding like why we are making such dramatic references to Nick Cage? Like I think so, just because like if you completely put it out of there, he's just an actor. Like he's just mm-hmm. like just a crazy one, and so. I mean, we've seen things where it's been like the famous actor, or something, right. but mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Leo in the uh, the movie two years ago, the one that was three hours long. Once upon a time, Once upon a time, time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely see that, and I feel like what you would miss are the jokes. Like we laughed out loud about the punching. Yeah, yeah. That's something you make. Like it could still be funny that he's right. punching yeah, someone. Sure. Right. It yeah. wouldn't be like we were like. Double double laughing, like Ash yeah, and I. At least like, I couldn't see that, but <laughs> Ash and I were like literally like laughing. Because, like the yeah, first we punch was like when he's punching someone. Oh yeah, and then, it's I so mean, funny. I like him screaming in the car and yeah, his opening scene. Very first thing, the first thing that comes up is like. <laughs> yeah, so like those scenes, like if you don't understand who Nick Cage is, maybe that wouldn't be as funny. I think that this gives a lot to kind of a lot of a broad audience, and that like as someone who doesn't love comedy. It gave me the element of campiness that I love. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I look for in a comedy that I'm going to enjoy. So I got that. I got, like, the self-referential things. I loved feeling like I was in on the joke. Like, you know, like, I feel like it, it catered to so many things. Like, mm-hmm. I would be very surprised to find someone who didn't say that they enjoyed the movie. They don't have to love it. But I think yeah. I don't. I, I couldn't imagine somebody sitting in that movie and saying, like, I hated it. Right. And I mean, you definitely wouldn't say it's like your favorite movie. No. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Unless you're a big Nick Cage fan. Right. I mean, is there really some like, is there really someone like the hobby character who is that big of a Nick Cage fan? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Um, probably. Sean Holden? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Holden, if he was a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if only. No, so. No, I could say if I was a millionaire, I could totally picture me like in 10 years from now being like, hey, Sean. Do you think he get Nick Cage to come to my birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> I would totally do that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, so the thing about this movie, though, is that if you are a Nick Cage fan, then you do have a little bit of extra things. Mm-hmm. So, like, they build in his love of... Uh, he's basically a cinephile. Mm-hmm. 
And so you don't necessarily know that about Nick Cage from what he's done because mm-hmm. he literally accepted all roles. And mm-hmm. so like his history of acting is all over the place, like from mm-hmm. Academy Award winning roles to like Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. Right. But like mm-hmm. like abysmal, abysmal mm-hmm. movies that nobody liked. Ghost Rider, which was just like so, so bad. But he did it for money. And uh, but one thing that I learned in an interview with Nick Cage that we watched was that he literally knows everything about movies like so when they're talking about that like 100 year old german movie, oh really yeah he like literally knows all of it because hmm. it's like the cabinet of caligari or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. is like in this reference in this movie he brought that up in this movie because he himself like in real life is a cinephile and we were watching this thing where that he was like yeah so in like one of my first roles uh they wanted me to do like whatever in the scene and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna act like the hunchback of of notre mm-hmm, dame mm-hmm. from the silent movie in 1932 in uh, Paris. Right. And, like he literally knows like just like the history of all yeah. cinema. Yeah. Um, so him being obsessed with that one movie in this film, that's all I thought of was that interview that we found where he was talking like that. Which like a, a lot of actors aren't like that. Yeah. You know, like they might like the exact genre that they act in or something. And some of them are directors are more likely to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, directors, producers, they have like a broader knowledge. Not all actors for sure. Mm-hmm. Like are that deeply embedded uh, like Tom Cruise, I doubt is like a straight up, like could list you a hundred years worth mm-hmm. of acting, you know, like, but that's what he does. Hmm. Yeah. And you wouldn't know it because right. of his roles. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about the non Nick Cage <laughs> characters in this. So we talked about Pedro Pascal. This is easily my favorite thing that I've seen him in. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoyed him. My third favorite character was without a doubt, uh, Sharon Horgan's character of, Nick Cage's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. She's that uh, Irish actress who was in Game Night. Yeah. And, like, she's my favorite character in Game Night. Another one of our favorite movies. Yeah. That, again, like, talking about, like, me not liking comedy movies. Game Night is probably one of my favorite comedy <laughs> movies. Yeah. And another movie that's, like, only sometimes slapstick. Yeah. It, there is physical mm-hmm. comedy, but it's not the same type of physical it's comedy. It's mainly that, the writing and the delivery of the acting yeah. that makes it so funny. I, mm-hmm. I think, and I would put this in the same category as Game Night. I think yep. that's, if yes. I was going to categorize this movie, because I, I went into it thinking it was going to be like Tropic Thunder, but I think it was smarter than that. Yeah, no, it was for sure. And, and, and I'm not saying it was a great movie. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm gonna, not going to leave there and say, that's the one movie I'm going to watch mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. Yeah. The one failure, I think, of the movie was the use of Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz. Um, so Tiffany Haddish plays the main CIA officer and Ike Barinholtz plays her um, counterpart. Mm-hmm. I am a huge Ike Barinholtz fan. And so I think he's extremely talented, especially in comedy. And so to not see him fully utilize his potential made me really sad like i i would have loved to see more of him in it his spots though were good yes yeah. absolutely yeah, the like, very few lines he had yeah he delivered were, them. were great yeah well and but the movie's about nick cage a- absolutely right? so, like, everybody has to take a backseat to nick cage i completely agree but more of my criticism is to weave in the cia plot line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It kind of felt like it got forgotten at a lot of points. And, yeah. like, its conclusion of it was, like, just weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, this happened. Not going to ever address that again. That's the only criticism I have of the movie mm-hmm. is feeling like that plot line wasn't fully fleshed out. Well, and I don't think it was. I think it was just, like, a surface-level plot 
of like why is he there mm-hmm. and then that's all it was really used for can i say something yeah i thought for a while that they weren't really from the cia because they were introduced so badly and they never showed their badges <laughs> <laughs> i thought that it was like made up because the way she put the gps in his coat yeah i thought they were the bad guys at the oh beginning that would have been really good <laughs> well i really like i thought that and even when she said i'm the cia but like there was no proof there right, was no like, right. i thought that it was made up until like midway through the movie I thought it was made up. That's not really a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they definitely could have gone that <laughs> way, too. Until it was yeah. clear that Javi was bad. Like, right. Which, for right. a while, was not. Right. Clear. I thought they were the bad guys. Right. Oh, that's that's a really good point. The other thing is, like, the casting of Tiffany Haddish is really hard because she has a personality that sucks the air out of the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she did not play a character that did that. Yeah. And so, like, that was that was really hard to reconcile. Like, I understand what they were doing because she and Ike Barinholtz did that one horrible movie together a few years back. I don't remember. And so, you and I watched it. It's like, they were a couple and they went to Thanksgiving with her, like, his or her really conservative family and, like, basically it becomes like a they're all murdering each other. No, I barely remember. Yeah, we watched it during the pandemic. Anyways, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is that, like, I kind of, I think I understood where the movie was going, putting them in this because like the two of them as actors already had an established relationship and mm-hmm. like played off each other. I just don't think it was very well done. Yeah. I thought it was well done. I just, I like you, I think there could have been more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean like these don't really even have many lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like the Crudes scene, which is in the trailer. Right. Where she's like, Nicolas Cage? It's like, like, that was funny. You're in Crudes too. Like, that was really funny. Yeah. yeah. But like, you never have a moment like that again. Right. Well, with you have the same moment with Ike later where she was like, I mean, have you seen Crudes too? Yeah. And he was like, I'm 44 years <laughs> old. I'm not having seen fucking Crudes too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but overall, so like, that's like a very minuscule criticism. Mm-hmm. Even with that criticism, I still thought they were great. Mm-hmm. I think that that was purely a writing and directing failure. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I was surprised me is Nicholas Cage was the only one who played himself. I yeah. guess I, going into it, I thought it was going to be multiple. Yeah. But then they had like Neil Patrick Harris was his agent. Right. Yeah. So they had noticeable actors mm-hmm. and actresses mm-hmm. in this, but none of them played themselves. Right. Well, and I guess that is also the case where Nick Cage played a fictionalized vers- version of himself. Mm-hmm. Because we were talking after the movie about how, like, that's not his, like, wife. Not even playing, like, a representation of his real mm-hmm. wife. Right. Which he's now married to someone much younger than him. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not this type of situation. Right. I'm sure he, I mean, he, he probably has kids too, right? But I don't know anything about that. Idea, <laughs> but definitely that, that daughter is not based on yeah, his yeah. real kids or anything like that. So. Yeah. But I think the situation is right of him, like, I, I mean, he's the producer, right? So mm-hmm. it's probably like him not being present because he's literally taking a million acting roles and mm-hmm. him feeling like he's failing as a father. Right. Um, I will say as far as drinking rules, I think adding the referencing his other works was the number one rule that hit the most, right? Mm-hmm. Uh- I feel like if we were watching this here and actually mm-hmm. paying attention to mm-hmm. those drinking rules, mm-hmm. all of them would have hit within oh, every five minutes. For probably. sure. And while in the movie there wasn't a direct Elvis reference, we did get the trailer for the new <laughs> Boz Lerman Elvis movie, so we drank to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was funny. Yeah, and then the movie opens, like he said before, him sh- his shouting. So, like so. screaming in the car like, to pump himself up. <laughs> Who was the director? Uh, who played the director at the beginning? Uh, I don't remember. Because it opens with him like basically trying out for a role. Yeah. But yeah, that I'll guy see. looked familiar and I can't place him. I'll look it up. 
And I, I don't think he's a real act. I don't think he's a real director. I think he's just an actor, but I don't remember. Well, what you're looking that up. My favorite thing about the movie too is that it was just fun, and it yeah. didn't it didn't lag at all. None, none of it was boring. It wasn't too long. The pacing was really good. You never had like anything that was just completely out of nowhere and like didn't need to be in the movie, which I really liked. And Ash and I recently saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, and similar type of feeling there. That's a much longer movie. Right. Another movie that just like you you constantly want to watch it. You never like are kind of like checking your watch yeah. or being like, right. I'm kind of done with this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the guy who played that director is a director named David Gordon Green. He's directed a lot of episodes of The Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a director. He directed the new Halloween Kills and like the 2018 Halloween movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that series, the well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's for a different day. <laughs> Maybe in Halloween. He directed or something Pineapple Express. Oh, so no, Pineapple Express is what I was going to say. This felt a little bit like Pineapple Express. Yeah. But less stonery, and I honestly think Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage had better chemistry than James Franco than and James Franken. Uh, James Franken, James Franco, and uh, Seth Rogen. I, I agree. Like, even though they're like famous for their chemistry because they're actually best friends, or at least they had been best friends, this felt legit. Like, this felt mm-hmm. genuine. Like, they had a real friendship. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, not, the plot doesn't necessarily overlap, yeah. but the the feel of the movie kind of did. Um, luckily, this isn't like a stoner movie mm-hmm. either, so it's like not just constant drug jokes. But I will say that one of our shot in the dark, <laughs> shot in the dark, <laughs> uh, one of our shot in the darks hit. Which one was it? I was trying to remember what, what all of yours? our shots. Mine, I guess, kind of hit. Was it it, like somebody exploding? Um, like I it was thought it su- yours was just like a main character would die. Mine was like a sudden death that's like uh, out of nowhere, which no. is, which is which has happened a few times, like in Tropic mm-hmm. Thunder, which is what I think it mm-hmm. thought was going to be. Mm-hmm. The guy explodes, and then Lost City, yeah, Brad Pitt explodes. I thought something like that was going to happen. Deadpool when Matt Damon, yeah. isn't even like shown. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was considering yours, Tyler, is the one that hit. Oh, okay. With no spoilers about who dies. Really? Yeah. That's who you thought hit. Because mine was that he was going to reprise a role. I don't feel like he reprised a role. I mean, Ooh. he 100% reprised the role. Not only did he reprise a role, there are multiple scenes that are like snippets of yeah. scenes from movies. Yeah. Like when he's driving backwards in the alleyway, that is 100% gotten 60 seconds. Well, there are so many of those. I mean, like, yeah. you really paid attention to it. And I love like the clips of like Con, or Con Air's, like yeah. the starts of the movie. They had the, the stuff or him acting from... Uh, the rock and stuff in there. It was, it's yeah. also just hilarious. The concept that like anytime someone turns a TV on, it's pl- like, even if, if they mm-hmm. flip a channel, it's a Nick cage movie. And then they just kind of pass over it, uh, which I mean, like, I mean, that's a funny concept yeah. in general, like his private plane is playing it. Like there's like a girl in the first scene that's playing it. Uh, they, they see it again when they're in the house. It's just like nonstop. Mine. I was trying to see if it hit, but it didn't. There was a, <laughs> pretty big actress cameo at the end, but I don't think she's ever done anything with Nicolas Cage before. Well, and like Tyler said, nobody really played themselves. Mm. So, um, it wouldn't be a camp necessarily a cameo. Um, I was really, really hoping that they somehow talked John Travolta into just, just appearing. (laughs) The perfect thing they could have done is that there's one scene where Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz has to talk to the director and it's John Travolta Mm-hmm. because in Face Off, he is like literally like, he's the FBI director in that one, mm-hmm. isn't he? Or he's like an associate director yeah, or something. Yeah. But I think he becomes director because his boss dies. 
like yeah. because he whatever has a heart attack or whatever. Yeah, I mean that would have been your scene. That would have been the like the best that you could have done, and that would have only <laughs> taken like a second to film him doing that. Yeah, you just have to get him agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he kind of like. Right. He's done. He did that terrible movie that right. like was really really like poorly right. reviewed. I don't know. He's he's done some stuff. I mean, he was hair, in hairspray. He's he's mm-hmm. he's branched out a few times. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, the what was it called though? He played like a. Like a lawyer or something like that. Oh, that movie. It came out in like 2020. Uh, I forget. But he also was in the American Crime Story where he looked real Oh, rough. yeah. He mm. did look bad there. Yeah. Well, he looked really bad in the movie I was thinking of, too. Right. That came out in like 2019 or 20. Right. And, uh, like, it was panned. It was, it got like a, I don't even remember, like a 12 or something on Rotten. Right. Well, speaking of Rotten, are we going to do our, our scores on this? That was a really great way to segue. <laughs> <laughs> That's back to my thespian <laughs> and uh, my speech competition, whatever I did, uh, radio broadcasting. But you don't got to <laughs> Uh Let's first uh, score drinkability. Yeah. Okay. What are you thinking, Tyler? So drinkability, and like we said, we spent $60 to go to the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sean, and, <laughs> Sean and Ashley got two drinks. Beth and I got two drinks. We spent $30 each. <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> so, I literally turned around and like looked at Tyler, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so yeah, yeah, mine was a double. <laughs> yeah, well, y'all were doubles. They were <laughs> mine was a single. Mine was a can of beer. <laughs> so as far so for us, we had one each or yeah. one drink. Um, but if we were if we were watching it here or it, like go to a drive-in and watch this, yeah. I think it's a very drinkable movie. I would, I would, mm-hmm. I would give it about an eight. That's what I was thinking too. As I was also going to give it an eight. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I feel like we'd have to watch it again at home in these conditions to see if maybe we'd give it a nine or something like that. Yeah. I think eight though for the general public too. If you're not a huge Nick fan, yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick, <laughs> well, Nick, we're, we're, we're on, on a first name basis. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not a huge Nick fan, you might not like recognize. Everything yeah. that is a drinking rule that we said, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I think it all works. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what are you rating the movie? I'm probably gonna go and like I said, I like it. I'm gonna give it a fresh one, but I'm gonna be all 79. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a fresh one. Certified <laughs> fresh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say about 79. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. But 79 is where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Sean? I am going to give it an 88. Mm. It was like my type of movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love the humor in it. I don't know if it is narratively like quite good enough to be like high 90s nice, or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. I feel like they could have made a maybe um, this movie a little bit like just one step further. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like Nick Cage like really dedicated to this role. He did not phone this in. Yeah. Nick Cage doesn't phone in any of his roles, no matter how bad they no. are. It's so true. But he really did not phone this right. in. So. Well, I'm listed as Sean. I'm an 86. Uh, I, I I, mean, for me to like a comedy, you get to get really high. So, and then it just, it, it hit all the buttons for me. It was, it especially is getting high for me and that it was, a mostly comedy movie that didn't do anything that made me roll my eyes and cringe. Yeah. Like we didn't have to have any dick jokes or like mm-hmm. anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, to give me just a straight movie of just pure enjoyability, you're high in my book. Yeah. Well, and they even mm-hmm. pulled off the, like, drug-induced mm-hmm. angle. Without being annoying. Yeah, yes. without being annoying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because like, it wasn't, the like, one him, like, bit they looking did about at it was actually funny how they played it out. Yeah. 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 Like, I was, like, I, that was the only thing that I started to get annoyed <laughs> when they started that bit. But the way they played it through, like, was great. Yeah. Well, and even, like, there is one scene where, like, they had just and they take LSD in this movie essentially, but there's one scene where like Pedro just like looks over at him and it's so funny the way he looks at him <laughs> and like that's it though it's like very subtle, not like a Pineapple Express or Are like you a, about, like and he's just smiling. Yeah, he looks like I'd be our dog. <laughs> that's like all I thought of was like that's the way I'd be looks at us sometimes. But, like that scene made me laugh and it like there wasn't even dialogue. Right. And it wasn't just playing up like how high they are. Right. It's like they're high, yeah. But like, or like when they think they're being tracked, like right. that was really funny. Right. But no, I, I yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with this movie. Thank you, Tyler, for the suggestion of us going and doing a live review of this. Yeah. I, like, you guys are convinced me I might be get into the 80s a little bit. There. <laughs> I, maybe like 81 or 82 is like where it should be. I was like, do I know the high 70s, low 80s? I think 82. I'll, 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 that's what I'll do. It's like when uh, Sean was trying to rate Heather's and he just kept being like, no, I'll go higher. I'll go higher. <laughs> I didn't want to disappoint you. I well, did like Heather's. Right. But Mystery Men did not get a good score. No, actually. No, actually see, no. now this is another difference in Ashley and I's relationship. With Heather's, I was like, oh, I don't want her to feel bad because I that still liked it. That's a bold face lie. <laughs> you just enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Mystery Men. Do you mean bold face lie? Also, is that what it is? I've yeah. always said a bold face lie. It's uh, a bold face lie? What does a bold face I mean? I a bold face. Is it? I think it's bold. It's bald face. Like, but what does that even mean? I don't like know a, what it means, but I do know that it's <laughs> One I, second. I guess it's just a blank. <laughs> also, Heather's is objectively better than Mystery Man by any person's name. <laughs> um, oh, man, there's like a whole article about this. It's not on Grammarly. They always have really long articles. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's on Merriam-Webster. <laughs> and it says, is it? Bald-faced or bold-faced? And what about bare-faced? What? So, um, yeah. Uh, So, in 19th century, blah, 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 bare-faced was used. And then it became bald-faced at some point in time, in the mid-20th century. So, this is one of those things, like, it's evolved over. So, everybody's right? It's It's essentially, well, I don't know about (laughs) bold-faced. We're on the bold face. <laughs> the point of bold face is like, like bare face a bare faced lie, right? Yeah. A bald faced lie is you can see how those are connected. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm thinking it's like a bold, like a yeah. bold, yeah, like a you're bold, bold like you're boldly lying. Yeah, but that's not the meaning of bald face lie. Yeah, well, when you change the word, sure, it has a different <laughs> <meaning>. <laughs> whatever. No. Well, but, okay, yeah. so that's my point. <laughs> Back to my point. It's like bald face, like it's not disguised. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> not like, yeah, okay. Anyway, we're, we're done talking about that. <laughs> my, my point, though, is that in a movie like that, you know, I look over, other than Moulin Rouge, that's the one time where I've been like, fuck Ashley's parents, because <laughs> Moulin Rouge is not good. <laughs> okay, but watching Heather's, I did like it. I liked it. There's one thing that annoyed me about it, and it just annoyed me a little too much, right? And it was just one character. Yeah, and actually, I so I watched it for the first time because Beth loves that movie too, and I never mm-hmm. heard it. 
Uh, actually, the reason I watched it is because uh, I got into musicals on mm-hmm. in my Spotify. It was playing just musicals, and there was one from Heather. I was like, <laughs> this sounds interesting. <laughs> so, so I was thinking of this. And, but your review of Heather's, me watching it for the first time at 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 33 now. Paul for you. Paul for you, Tyler. <laughs> I'm 33. We'll be there. Um, me watching it for the first time at 33 had the exact same feelings right. as you you did on it, and I, I, some of the dark humor I just didn't care for. Yeah, well, and that's the whole. Like, I, I liked it. I thought the narrative was funny. I thought the whole like the movie had a lot of funny points. And then uh, anyway, so like when I go to review it, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to take into you know, Ashley's feelings into consideration. <laughs> then Ashley gets to Mystery Men, which I have told Ashley. I like Mystery Men so much. Like, it's a, a part of my childhood. Yeah, but Sean, and Ashley was like, Sean, who I am. Ashley was like, I hated everything about this. You created shit comedy as a kid. Like, you're the reason we have bad humor. <laughs> I will not change who I am for anyone. Also, I chose Mystery Men, not, not Beer Fest. Mm. Right? Which Tyler disagrees about Beer Fest. Uh, that's true. But Ashley, like, Ashley gave Beer Fest a one or zero when we watched that movie. That was the one podcast, right? I also have not re- rewatched Beer Fest in 15 years. God, I hated that movie. <laughs> that was definitely worse than Mystery Man. Yeah. Yeah, in every way. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. Anyway. But I was saying, I would go in the 80s because, like, I really enjoyed it. And I think Did so. Did we rate Mystery Man? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember what I gave it. Mm-hmm. You gave it like a oh, 20, 20, 20 something. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's pretty gracious. Mm. <laughs> 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 well, next week is the week that you can suck up to me again because it is my movie pairing. Uh-huh. Are you ready for this? This uh, is one that I actually, it was pre-podcast that I chose and then we never actually did it. I, ch- I changed my mind before like we actually watched a movie. Okay. Are you now trying to think of what it was? No. Um, what I am thinking, though, is that one of these two movies better be Zoolander 2. It is not. It's not Zoolander 2. I can confirm uh, Ashley did not go see Zoolander 2 with me. And it wasn't uh, Beth. You know so what? All of, our friends, all of our friends have confirmed. So unless Ashley went by herself to see Zoolander 2, Ashley hasn't seen Zoolander 2. Uh. Tyler, you know, I mean, she, uh, you're not welcome to my house she anymore. Did, she did describe to me the plot of Anchorman 2 as if it was doing it too. So. Actually, uh, so I saw Anchorman 2 and I was like, did I see Zoolander 2? Because I think I get those two mixed up too because of how bad they were and they came out like right at the same time. Right, and there are two movies that shouldn't have been made. Yes. Like those movies didn't need sequels and the sequels were bad. Yeah. Okay, well, it's not Zoolander 2. Okay, so. I wish it was. Okay. So my good movie... Mm-hmm is what I think is universally regarded as a good movie mm-hmm. is the movie Election um, with Reese Witherspoon okay. and Matthew Broderick. All right. Um, I don't think I've seen it. Really? You haven't? Mm, I just, oh. <laughs> so, yes. Here's the thing. Though. The thing is with movies like that, there's a good chance I saw at least part of it on something like TNT yeah. or like just on cable. And mm-hmm. I probably don't remember it because right. I was a kid when I saw it. Right. I don't know if this got cable play. It did. It should, should, certainly, right? USA, I think US, USA played it a good bit. Well, it's a story. Oh, USA is a big one. Yeah. Where it's I saw a story this of Tracy Flick played by Reese Witherspoon, 
who is an overzealous high schooler who's trying to win class president, mm-hmm. and Matthew Broderick, who cannot stand her as a mm-hmm. student. He's a teacher, and he cannot stand her. It's a, it's a really great, 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 great story. So I'm really, I haven't watched it in probably, like, 12 years, so I'm really excited to watch it again. That reminds me a little bit of Rushmore, which is a movie I want to pair one time. Mm. See, I never saw Rushmore. But it was I'll, really good. Yeah. All right. So I'm using that as my good movie. My bad movie, which if it were just me, mm-hmm. I would not call it a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But I can understand the people, unlike Sean Holden, and can say that I think that I bring my picks to you. <laughs> the people. The people. I hate you. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so, you have to love camp the way that I love camp. I think this is a good movie. I completely understand it. It is a cult classic that it's a very small cult. Um, but it's a movie from the 90s called House of Yes with Parker Posey, Josh hmm. Hamilton, and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. It's a, it's a very canned movie all taking place in one setting. Um, where, oh, and Tori Spelling, um, where uh, Parker Posey plays the uh, mentally ill sister of Josh Hamilton, who is bringing home his girlfriend for the first time. And Parker Posey believes that she's uh, Jackie O. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> it plays out into this really ridiculous, really weird story of murder and incest like i don't know how to describe it but it's so good but i know that when we watch it you're gonna think it's a bad movie so i'll let it be the bad movie and the political aspects is why i'm pairing it together okay that makes sense <laughs> i had 100 have not seen that very few people have but it is why i love parker parker posey which is why i brought this up several times on the podcast mm-hmm. that i love parker posey and this is the movie that makes me be obsessed with her hmm well, I mean, you list a lot of famous people in that movie. Yeah. For nobody to have watched it. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely like an, it's an indie 90s movie that very few people saw, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Rachel Lee Cook is also in it from She's All That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Beth, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I also, um, Sean said nobody's seen it, which is not true. It was 50% of the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> That's a busted. really good hair. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Small thank sampling you. Size. <laughs> that's a small sampling size. Yeah, I don't, know if, I, I don't yeah. know if that's a good survey. <laughs> let me, let me start a big lecture now. <laughs> but we're really bringing it home with two 90s movies and a really campy one at that. So I'm so excited. It's been a while <laughs> since you chose 90s, like two 90s pairings. You used to do that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard for me not to do straight-up 90s pairings all the time because mm-hmm. they're my favorite movies. We still get quite a few. But I mean, yeah. I feel like the 90s were just, they hit, like, the late 80s and late 90s or early 90s hit on this theme for mm-hmm. the good-bad movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, because the 2000s, they were just bad movies. Yeah, a lot of it was just abysmal. Yeah. And even movies I liked, I go back and watch them, and I'm like, Wow. That, that's really bad. Yeah. Even Dodgeball. Like, I did not like Dodgeball. That was horrible. I, yeah. I don't know if that's where we've gone to say that. <laughs> but. I, I didn't choose Dodgeball. Also, uh, uh, 
well, something I did choose as a bad movie was a hot chick. And I remember watching that movie in like middle or high school and thinking, I was like, that is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then we watched it again. It's like horrendous. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. Rob Schneider hasn't aged that well. Uh, His humor has not really kept up with the modern era. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for coming. Enjoyed recording. It. We Absolutely. love having you here. We will get Beth on this podcast at some point, not sitting in the background giving us feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, next week, election and House of Yes. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.